I could tell you this. I love my job. I love the people, the time, the work, and the situations that my job gives me. You know, not every day is a great day, but I really do love my job. And I'm sure you can say the same thing about some of the jobs that you have or maybe have right now. But if you had a dream job, what would it be? When I was growing up, I wanted to play video games for a living. Now, if the Tennessee Titans offered me a job, that would probably be a dream job to think, you know, to think about that. But what if you have the chance to work alongside NFL teams, players, coaches, and executives? What if you had the opportunity to write columns or interview some of your favorite players? I know every job has its highs and lows, but imagine being able to work alongside the NFL every day. Today, my interview is with a man who gets to do just that, and I'm going to let him introduce himself in just a moment, and I know you're going to enjoy his story. Speaking of story, if you have a story you would like to share about why your NFL team is your favorite and why it is family, you can message me at Jeremy underscore McFarland on Twitter. That is J-E-R-E-M-Y underscore M-C-F-A-R-L-I-N. And we will try to get you on the show. Thank you for tuning in to Football is Family. And we'd like to welcome everybody back to the podcast, Football is Family. I've got a special guest, and I'm going to let him introduce himself for you, uh, if you would. Hey, everybody. I am uh, Luke Warsham. I'm glad to be here. I, uh, I covered the Tennessee Titans as a mostly a columnist, uh, analyst, but occasionally as a reporter reporting news for uh, A to Z Sports Nashville. Here in uh, Nashville, I get to in normal times when we're not under social distancing uh, protocols, I'll get to be in the locker room and talking to the players and um, just getting an idea of what's going on within the team and, and trying to break that down for all of you on our website and uh, through the podcast that I host as well, which is titled No Nonsense. I host that with my buddies, Will and Matias. Um, but especially now, uh, uh, you know, Jeremy, that it's, we're, you know, right at the cusp of the start of the season. It's kind of football, all football, all the time for me. So uh, thank you for having me on, and I look forward to to having a conversation today. Now, uh, this is being recorded on the, I believe, this, yeah, the 14th of September, meaning that your day is just beginning. Oh, yeah. Um, the Titans play tonight at, at 9-10 Central Time, which is Nashville time. So, you know, three-and-a-half-hour game, done it. At 1230, you got press conferences after. You got all over Zoom, of course. You have to write after. And uh, so as I was telling uh, my boss, Austin Stanley, on Twitter earlier today, uh, and my little ske- I write out a s- schedule for every day, kind of breaking down my day by the hour. And I have planned out in my schedule a very long afternoon nap to make sure that I can get through all of this tonight. But it's exciting. It, this is you know this is why you cover sports if you're a sports writer. It's you know, the draft is fun, free agency is fun, but it's you do it for the games, and so it's very exciting. Now, how close did you get uh, when the draft came to Nashville? How close were you able to get into that? I was on the red carpet when the draft came to Nashville, which was really, really cool. Um, one of the things that we were able to do at A to Z, because we have such a big team, we have me, we have Buck Rising, Austin Stanley, and Zach Bingham. That's sort of our, our Titan-centric team. And we were able to sort of divide and conquer 
And so on the first night, uh, and typically reporters in a market will go to the team's facility on draft night because they'll have, you know, conference press conference with the, the coach and the GM, conference calls with uh, the players that get drafted. And so at least for the first night, for the rest of it, I was at the Titans facility. But for the first, for the first night, uh, we sent Buck to the Titans facility. Austin and Zach did their show, and I kind of got to meander around downtown and, and cover that scene. But being on the red carpet was a lot of fun. Um, I got to talk to some of these draft prospects. Um, I'm trying to remember. I talked to Drew Locke, who the Titans will, will play tonight. Uh, Hollywood Brown is someone that I thought the Titans uh, should have drafted. Um, Governor Haslam, uh, or she, not Governor Haslam, Governor Lee was on the red carpet. Amy Adams Strunk. Uh, it was a really fun experience and probably up there with the coolest things, uh, if not number one, pretty close, coolest things that this job has afforded me the opportunity to do. Well, it was uh, it was something else. And in, in case you didn't get to see the videos from the draft, I think we had on Second Avenue or Church Street, I believe it was Church Street, wasn't it? Or Broadway. It was Broadway. Um, that place was packed. Do you know the exact number or you have any idea what the number was? I I don't. I don't have a number. I did see it um, because at one when the Titans picked, I walked out because there was this little area between the stage, which was really long, and then the crowd where uh, reporters could kind of hang out. And I was over there. And so I got to I got to see the crowd. I don't I know I've, I've read the number. I don't remember it. What is it? Do you have it in uh, front of you? I, I don't actually, let me see if I can. Well, now I'm curious. <laughs> but I, I went earlier that day. I was not going to brave the, uh, the crowd, but, uh, but I did get to go see the area. And the best part about it, Luke, was I saw Browns fans, Seahawks. There was a man mm-hmm. with, from the 49ers who was carrying around fake Lombardi trophies. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, it was 600,000, by the way. That's according to Google. That is insane. And if you've ever been to downtown Nashville, that is uh, a lot more than can fit down there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, uh, Luke, tell me, tell me about um, what is your first and earliest memories about the NFL? Yeah, and this is this is fun to talk about. This is so unique. I'm so glad you're doing this. This is such a great idea. Um, so I was a bit of a late bloomer. Um, I never played uh, organized sports as a kid. I'm not terribly athletic. I can do two things. I can catch and I can throw. Unfortunately, I cannot run, which sort of limits my uh, ability to play sports. Um, but, you know, my dad is a sort of casual fan of football. Um, but we, we were never the type of family that, you know, was playing catch out in the yard or anything like that. And so I kind of discovered football on my own in a way. Uh, I remember in the fifth grade, or maybe actually it was at the end of fourth grade, the Super Bowl between uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and the, the Steelers that the Packers won. I remember seeing that on the TV. And of course, we would always have games on and we would always you know watch the Super Bowl, but I just never took any interest in it. And I was watching the Super Bowl and kind of asking my dad questions, you know, okay, the commentator just said this, what does that mean? What, what just happened? Okay, well, they just put this many points on the board. Why is that? And it kind of piqued my interest. And so I, I got on my iPad um, and downloaded Madden uh, back when they would make Madden for the iPad. 
And I just started doing that. And the more I played it, the more I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world, you know? And uh, so I did that. And then once a uh, football season rolled around, I grew up in the Nashville area. And so I, uh, I started watching the Titans because they were the team that we, we got on, uh, on like our local stations. And sort of by osmosis, just by seeing them all the time, I started rooting for the Titans. And um, obviously, I can't do that anymore now because I cover them. And it's been years since I have openly rooted for the Titans. But uh, that was sort of my entry into it. It it wasn't so much family culture. It was just I loved it. And it got to the point where um, when I first started playing Madden, because that was really my entry into all of this, it very quickly went from, oh, this is fun. I kind of like this, uh, to the more I played those video games, the more I was like, this is the greatest thing ever, and I just want to soak it all in and can never get enough of it. And still to this day, you know, when I'm terribly busy from football season, I will still, just because I love it so much and think it's so much fun, I'll, I'll go over there. I've got a PS4 over there. I'll crank up Madden and, and play for a little bit. But that, that was sort of my entry into football, a little bit unconventional, but not terribly unconventional, I don't think. Well, it, it sounds like um, the generation that you're talking about probably exposed to Madden before they're exposed to much of anything else. And I was kind of hoping you said you had an Xbox One so you know you can you and I could play <laughs> – I just down. I'm a little late bloomer when it comes to. Uh, I don't get the new, new game oh, later on. I stopped doing that probably three or four years ago because they kind of hit a peak. Like in 2014, I loved that year's game. Yep. I loved the two that came after that. The one that I play is is 17. That's the one that I play whenever I play Madden. And uh, as has been very well publicized since the most recent game came out. Not only have they not improved it, it has gotten progressively worse and looks progressively worse. So I stick with um, some of the recent but but older ones still. I, I'm playing 20 right now because I wanted uh, Derrick Henry at his at one of his peak and then A.J. Brown. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, way off the subject, I had a uh, rage quit a couple of days ago where I threw Tannehill through to A.J. Brown. A.J. bobbled it twice. It went up in the air – the defensive guy bobbled it twice. Another guy caught it, ran it back for a touchdown. So I had a rage quit. I, I admit it. I, <laughs> uh, I I have learned over the years that games are not worth getting mad at. You just quit and move on. Exactly. And there's lots of things in life like that. Yeah, absolutely. I still think the all-time greatest game is Tech Mobile Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. That's that's well, that, that's beyond my time. That's 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 much earlier than yeah. Me, that's so. that's he he's calling me old, folks. He's calling me old. But <laughs> I tell you what, if you can, if you young whippersnappers can find it, play Take My Bowl Super Bowl. But but see, your earliest memories deal with with video games, which is a lot. Uh, which is which is fun. Which is great. Which is one of the things that uh, I enjoy about the football. Which which for me, I grew up, I was six foot, 130 pounds. If I played football, I would have been broken in half. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was very much the same way. Um, I'm 5'8 right now and have been kind of for, I mean, for years since I was in, you know, ninth, 10th grade. And so I was never really, really built for this. And another thing I want to say to you about the video game thing because I think it gets a bad rap a lot of times, like, you know, oh, you know, the kids are just playing video games. But what, what sports video games do, I think, so well 
is they teach you not only the rules, but as you listen to the commentators talk, you pick up on verbiage. And here's my example for that. So obviously Madden was my entry into football, but if I, I'm a huge baseball fan now and wasn't three or as recently as three or four years ago. And it's because I was at a church event and uh, there was a, a PS4 set up and one of my good friends was like, hey, you want to play MLB the show? I was like, well, you know, I understand the basic rules of baseball. You know, you hit the ball, run around the bases. But we played that, and I kind of liked it. And so I went and bought the game and started playing. And now I'm a huge baseball fan, and I don't. But if I had to, I could write and, and do what I'm doing for the Titans right now for baseball because that's the level of understanding I've gained mostly from playing these video games. And I as think they have as, great value. As long as it's the Red Sox, we can keep talking. <laughs> I'm actually a Reds fan, but I don't know that that hinders your Red Sox very much it, because it, it the really Reds have doesn't. not been good this year. It really does. And, I, you know, I haven't paid attention to baseball much other than the, and other than the Sox. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. I, I remember and sticking to the, base, uh, to the video game topic, uh, John Madden and Pat Summerall did the voiceovers and play-by-play for Madden for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Charles Davis to me is the epitome, the the top of what it means to be a play by play. He is such, uh, and I think yeah. Brandon Gall is with him as well. But mm-hmm. Charles Davis is about as smooth and about as good as it comes. And uh, if you haven't heard him being interviewed, uh, uh, they do. Uh, Mike Keith has interviewed him several times, and mm-hmm. and he's also on the NFL Network. He is about as nice a guy as I've ever heard. He is. He is. I've never actually met Charles. I've been around him a little bit because uh, he and Dan Helley do the Titans preseason games. Yes, they do. So I've seen him around at, at practices, and I've never actually spoken to him or introduced myself. But the interactions I see him having with other people, you very much see that. And, and that's that's a genuinely good guy. So tell me, tell me a little bit about you, – you talked a little bit about your work what are some mm-hmm. of your favorite interviews that you have uh, that you've had? Ooh, um, well, you know, it's interesting because, like, I don't because I'm mostly a writer. I don't have a whole lot of you know sit down interviews. Like, like Buck has a lot of those with his podcast, where it's just him and a guy. They're talking for 15, 20 minutes, like we are now, and you know it's more for a broadcast content where the goal is to entertain. And so for me, when I think back on that question, I don't think so much of great interviews. I think to like um, great quotes. Like I remember talking to Kenny Vaccaro two years ago before the Titans played the Giants. And we, we were talking about Saquon Markley. And I said, what do you see when you turn on the film with Barkley? And he says, uh, you know, all my life, everybody was always like, tell me about Barry Sanders. And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. He said, when I turned on the tape with Saquon Barkley, I was like, I saw all the things that my family and everybody would tell me about Barry Sanders. I'm like, that's such a great quote. And so as a writer, one of my journalism professors always taught me that as a journalist, quotes are currency. Quotes are your money when you're a journalist. And so because I'm a writer that's sort of the approach that I take. Another great day of interviews was the day after the Titans lost the AFC championship. Um, 
I knew I was thinking about how I kind of wanted to close the season out in terms of written content. And I knew I would do a, a sort of a season recap, like a where are we now kind of piece for the Titans. But I also knew I wanted to write sort of a, a, a eulogy for Marcus Mariota's Titans career because we all knew it was over. And, you know, I talked to some offensive players. I talked to Jack Conklin, uh, A.J. Brown, and some others. But what surprised me is, and I did this not really knowing what I was going to get, but I, I, I walked up to Kevin Byard, who is, in addition to being one of the nicest and most genuine people you'll ever meet, is also incredibly well-spoken and so intelligent that he's just so much fun to have a conversation with. But I walked up to him and I said, Kevin, I, I want to ask you about you know, Mariota. I know he's not a defensive player, but from your perspective as a team captain and someone that played with him for years, you know, what's sort of your uh, takeaway from having played with him? And it, it was amazing. And granted, I'm someone that has criticized Mariota because he's just not that good as a quarterback, but I never denied his impact on the locker room and how good of a person he was. And it was just amazing that this defensive player is standing here talking about how Marcus Mariota impacted his personal life and made an impact on the kind of person that Kevin Byard is. And then I got the same kind of things from other defensive players, and, and I talked to Taylor Lewan in a scrum and asked him the same question. And, and so those are the moments that uh, I think back on as like, you know, wow, those were great quotes. And, and it's just the coolest part of what I get to do because, you know, growing up as a football fan, like I mentioned, I kind of couldn't get enough of it. I was always so curious and I still sort of have that curiosity, maybe not to the degree that I once did, but the great thing now, and what I think is so cool about this job is, yeah, I'm looking for quotes for stories. I'm looking to write good columns and, and sort of artistically write all of this. But the, my favorite part is if there's something I want to know, like if I watch the game tonight on the TV or, you know, when we get to go back to the stadium at the stadium and I think, you know, what in the world was that? Or I think, now that was pretty good. I wonder who decided that or why that I get to go ask the people hey, what was, you know, what my favorite question to ask in press conferences and the players is why? Because it just opens the door up and you get to let them talk. So sort of a long-winded answer to your questions, but that's what I think is so cool about this job. And when you ask about, you know, favorite interviews, um, you know, anytime I talk to Kevin Byard, that's probably a favorite interview. Uh, Rashawn Evans is kind of like that too. But uh, I hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. And I appreciate you going into depth and, and uh, you're not seeing the video that I'm seeing, but he's very animated about that, about knocked his microphone off the hinge there. So <laughs> that's when, you know, you got a legit uh, discussion going when you knock the microphone off. Um, you, uh, how long have you been working with, uh, with A to Z sports? This is tonight begins my third football season with A to Z sports. Before that, I wrote for Titan sized, the uh, fan sided blog yes. from 2016 to 2018. This is, this is also my fourth year um, podcasting about the Titans. We, I did uh, two years for Titan sized and this is year two of no nonsense, which uh, is basically the same thing we were doing at Titan sized but it's, it's an enterprise that I uh, and Matthias and Will own. Now, I just uh, 
way off the subject, I just got a message from Yahoo Sports saying that uh, Marlon Mack is out for the season. Yeah, I saw that earlier. Tear. So if you have him on your on your fantasy league, uh, you might want to find that back up. You might want to go pick up Niam Hines. I mean, he had a great game yesterday. Phillip Rivers was throwing to him a bunch. See, that's that's what I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> now, tell me, um, I've got a couple more questions for you, and I will let you go. And I appreciate okay. your time. Um, you uh, you said that you've experienced. If you can go back and uh, play, put any uh, your, your your Madden game that you're talking about. If you can take any of the older players in the NFL and place it in your Madden football team, who would be your starting running back? Oh, uh, I'm, I was about to when when you started asking that question, I had a running back in mind, and then when you when you narrowed it down, my all time favorite NFL player, partly because of playing with him as Matt in Madden growing up, but watching him also uh, is Adrian Peterson. And I'm so thrilled that he's with the Lions now and that we get to, for at least another year, watch him. He had a great game yesterday, averaged over six yards a carry on 17 carries. But I have always been sort of partial to running backs, and I don't know why. And, and, and I, I am bored to tears with the teams that just want to run the ball you know, down your throat. But for whatever reason, like DeMarco Murray – uh, was always when he was with the Cowboys was one of my favorite players to watch. Um, but Adrian Peterson is my all-time favorite NFL player because no one ever has been like him. Adrian Peterson manages to run like he's five eight, but also run like he's you know Derrick Henry, like he's six foot three. He has an incredible combination of power and his jump cut is just as good of a jump cut as you'll find from a smaller running back. And I've just always been mesmerized with him, especially his uh, MVP season in 2012 kind of made me really fall in love with him and sort of solidified all of that. And uh, yeah, Adrian Peterson is my answer to that question. Uh, He's a first ballot hall of famer, him and without a doubt, Frank Gore. I I can't believe that those two guys are still running the way they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, one, one more question, and, and I will let you go. I'm just making sure that I just got another message and, and hoping that I don't have uh, – that Patrick Mahomes is still on my team. I, I, somehow I got him at the second pick this year in my draft. I'm still surprised <laughs> that I got him. But anyway, the topic of this podcast is football is family. Yep. What makes football family to you? So – and, and when you first sent me the message asking if I would come on, I kind of started thinking about that because I knew this was the direction you were heading with the podcast. And um, what, what comes to mind is, for me in my life, the greatest impact that sports had, because for a lot of people, the impact of sports is, you know, you play it growing up and you learn leadership and discipline and and initiative and all those important lessons. Well, I never played sports growing up, so I had to learn those lessons elsewhere. So the, the meaning of sports for me in terms of family idea and my life is, it is, in my opinion, the single greatest conversation starter. And I don't mean that in the sense that, you know, you need to go to a cocktail party and start talking about football and that's all it means. I mean that I could list for you you know, five or six of my very best friends 
who, you know, I didn't necessarily go to school with or met elsewhere, who the first time we met, the conversation was, you know, I just run into them and I'm having small talk and maybe I see that, you know, they're wearing a Patriots cap. And I can say, hey, did you see what Tom Brady did yesterday? Or, you know, they're wearing a, a Cincinnati Bengals jersey. And I say, you know, man, A.J. Green had that, that crazy catch yesterday. Did you see that? And what happens from that connection is it gives you this mutual endpoint. Because I believe that with, with relationships, a lot of times, you have to have something mutual. You know, you're in the same class together in school. You know, you work at the same place. And I think that sports pervades all of those things and gives everyone this sort of entry point to then develop a deeper relationship. Now, these a lot of these people that are come to mind when I think about that, I'm obviously much deeper friends with them than that now where I'm not, you know, our relationship exists beyond football, but it's such a great entry point. Uh, and, um, you know, for someone that's certainly not a, a I, you know, I wouldn't exactly consider myself a, uh, a, a great mingler. Like I was telling one of my buddies the other day, I was like, small talk is just one of the things in life that I abhor the most. So for someone like me who sort of has that personality trait, it, it's such a comfort knowing that, you know, if you find someone that loves football, you can talk about football with them. And then I think it extends beyond football. If you find someone that's a big baseball fan, it just sort of gives you an entry point into relationships. And I think the relationships are in a lot of ways, in addition to the Lord, I think that relationships are the key to life and and the key to to surviving and to thriving. And I think that sports are oftentimes one of the greatest avenues to those relationships. So it's 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 more than just a box score. It's a connection. Absolutely, one hundred percent. See, this is this is what I want from this because I think sometimes we as fans, number one, get pushed aside. The ticket prices get raised. Everything mm-hmm. gets raised. The hat I'm wearing right now was on sale on a, a website for 15 bucks. It's the Titans uh, when they went to uh, uh, I really Britain. like that. Yeah, I, I just found it. It's like, oh, I had to have it. I had to have it. Now I'm looking at prices way above what I typically want to pay for merchandise. Mm-hmm. But we stick with sports because, number one, uh, we find a team, we go around them, or number two, we find a player. And number three, how many times have you gone to a game, whether it be preseason or regular season, that you start talking to people next to you and you just you lose it, you, you get inta- attached to them, you all scream together, you cry together, you get mad together for three hours. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's what I was getting at. It's this, it's such an incredible connection builder. The fact that you can go to a Titans game or a a Bengals game or Colts game or any other game, and you're sitting next to this guy that you've never seen before in your life. And yet, because you have this connection, you feel for years. That's the big thing. Well, Luke, I appreciate your time and uh, I appreciate your enthusiasm. And again, uh, plug your show for us, will you? Yeah, so uh, everything I write, you can find on a AtoZSportsNashville.com. Uh, I imagine this will be coming out after the uh, Titans game, so you can catch uh, practice week coverage and everything else on our website. You can follow me on Twitter, at Luke underscore Worsham, and my podcast is No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. You can follow us 
and find links to listen on uh, Twitter and Facebook at No Nonsense Pod. And yet this is another reason why football is family. Thank y'all. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.